Hey guys, this is Gavin, the host of Our Redemption Stories, a podcast uh, produced and for the edification of the saints at the Axis Church. Uh, I like to bring on folks of this church to uh, interview them and, and just hear how Christ has radically changed uh, these folks. And today I'm sitting with one of my very best friends mm. in the whole wide world, and that's a lot of grace, <laughs> uh, Barrett Wilson. How are you, Barrett? Good, man. Good. It's, it's good gonna, to have you on here. You're going to make me cry just even saying your best friend in the oh, whole world. Well, you know. Off to a good start. Off to a great start. Um, yeah, man. So like I said earlier, this is a podcast. Uh, we're just sitting at your dinner table. Um, just me and you live in real life. We've been catching up and, uh, we live life together, right? In community. <laughs> yes. And one of the ways that we grow deeper in community is by seeing how, uh, Christ has changed your life, how the Holy Spirit is continuing to move you closer and closer into the image of Christ, right? And all of this has been orchestrated by the Father, and it's a beautiful thing. And it, it's always encouraging me, to me, uh, to, to just see what God is doing. Mm-hmm. He's, not, he's not idle. He's extremely active. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hebrews says he lives to intercede uh, for the saints. Like, that's a huge deal. Yeah. You know, if we, if we just thought about that for just a couple minutes a day, we would be so much more encouraged to think that Christ, Christ spends his time thinking about us. Yeah. You know, that's huge. Um, so, but it wasn't always true for you that you were a part of the fold. Um, and you have a story that is brokenness turned into redemption. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's beautiful to see how, what God has done in your life um, as someone who knew you before you were a Christian and you're going to the Axis Church, right? Uh, you were actually even leading an Axis community group. Mm-hmm. Um, and somehow the, uh, the wheels came off. And so let's talk about that. Um, but I know how much of a, how radically, radically different you are now. Um, and it's just, all that will do is glorify Christ, right? Yep. So let's talk about in your brokenness and reflecting on your brokenness, what a great salvation it's been. Yeah. <laughs> and just even thinking about um, knowing you before, or you mm. just as having a relationship before I was saved um, and after is, I don't know, it's hard to... Um, fathom and comprehend and uh accept and somehow i don't know it's just it's a lot and to see god's faithfulness and goodness even in that and so yeah um so yes um i'll 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 give the short shorter version um of the story as much as i can um so we so I was raised in the church, um, yep. in a, a church that 
um, was not a um, a, uh, a reformed church, um, very liturgical, not gospel centered, not gospel centered, right. very liturgical centered. Um, but did all the things growing up, all the the different steps that the church had um, in place. Um, it just as as I grew older, just as the age would come, and so. Um, anyway, my story is very much wrapped up in um, with my wife, so I'll, I kind of use that even as a, a timeline and, and guide in my testimony. Yeah. But so my wife and I, Whitney and I, um, we we dated in high school um, for several years. We broke up whenever um, when she went to college. She was older than me. Um, she robbed the cradle, nice as they say, by about six months, um, <laughs> and so. We didn't speak for the four years that I was in college um, okay. at that time. Did you go to different colleges? Different colleges, okay. yep. Um, she was smart enough to never respond to the one or two texts I would send her mm. a year. Um, so that was good for her. <laughs> um, but so I, I kind of just say that because, again, we meet back up. But in that time, you know, in college... I the church I grew up in was very legalistic. Yep. Um, and when I went to college, uh, I found even then I couldn't keep up with all the things that I needed to do at that time. Um, and so even went through this weird phase again where I like I would pray, but it was always structured, you know, words of prayers, not really praying, doing what I thought I needed to do. But also even then realizing, like, I can't keep up with the things that, you know, the this per, you know the, the, the church told me I had to do. And so even then going through, like, a very rebellious, hard phase, um, having other spiritual mentors even kind of speak the opposite. It was just very confusing. Just yeah. categorize that whole thing is very confusing. Tons yeah. of sin, tons of rebellion. Still all while going to church every single Sunday. Yeah. I played music at the church I was attending. I led a youth music group at that church. So I was doing all the things. um, But you still felt like you couldn't maintain maybe your salvation or just keeping up. I don't know if I would even say salvation because I remember when I was a kid, I had a, a moment where I was attending a youth retreat and someone, I almost like... I would, it wasn't a salvation thing, but I think it was the first time I somewhat became aware of the idea that I sin mm-hmm. and that that I sin. You know what I mean? Like that. Yeah. So just kind of aware, but that's all it went. I, it was at a non denominational um, event. And so, so Baptist. Baptist event. Yes. <laughs> yes. Trying to be very careful with my words. No, no. Um, Look, we all know what non denominational means. <laughs> Yeah. Right? It just means Baptist. Yeah. But they don't want to say it. Yeah. So. And I'm not editing that out. Okay. <laughs> I wouldn't expect you to. Um, so anyway, I came, I, I, someone said, you've been saved. And yeah. I was like, okay. I didn't think I, that was what I did. And I came home <laughs> and told my family I was saved. And they're like, no, we don't get saved. I was like, okay. So. We, wait. Well, in the denomination <laughs> oh, that I okay. grew up in, we don't get saved. Yeah. So. Yeah. Sorry. Very confusing, yes. whatever. And so, sorry, I go back to say, I don't even know if, if I put it would have put it in terms of salvation. Because, yeah. I, and honestly, I don't even know at that point in time, because I would have 
also known that I was doing it wrong. I was mm-hmm. I was doing all the right things. I was mm-hmm. coming to church every Sunday. So anyway, categorize that whole time is very uh, very confusing. Yeah. Um, tons of sin and rebellion. But in my mind, I was doing a pretty good job of holding things together. Um, Better than the other guy. Oh, for sure. Because I was going to church every Sunday. I even right. played at church. I was well, paid, and you, and I was you paid led to play. Youth. Yes. You I know. was paid to do it, too. Oh. <laughs> but, wow. Dude. So not you weren't doing a perfect job, but you were definitely yes. better than the, the back row folk. Yes, yes. So, okay. Um, yes. So, <clears throat> so that was during my four years of college. Mm-hmm. Towards the end of those four years, mm-hmm. um, I, uh, I saw on Facebook that Whitney had come to Louisville, Kentucky, oh. where I was currently living at the time, going to school, and uh, just thought, this is on Facebook, and so I thought, man, I'm just going to give it another try, and so I Facebook messaged her. She had a picture of her and her puppy, and nice. I thought perfect way in i oh, have yeah. a dog she has a dog yeah this will be fantastic um <laughs> so sorry this is just a fun story oh, that's um, great she probably would also have a very very different side right. to all these well things. we're not publishing that one <laughs> she's not here to defend herself no, so no, we're good your luck. so anyway so i reached out to her via facebook and even's like wow that's a really cute puppy you know nice i saw puppy. this puppy I, I got a puppy. I have a dog. I saw that you're in Louisville now. I'm in Louisville. We should get together for lunch and just catch sure. up. So we we do. Actually, I thought, man, I haven't seen her in four years. I have a job. I'm making money. No bills because I'm in college. Yep. Uh, I'm going to really, really show her how successful I, I gonna, am right now. You're going to impress <clears throat> her. So we go out to this really nice restaurant in Louisville. Um Wow. Spent like 125, 150 bucks Dude. on this dinner for her. And the best thing about Whitney is like not impressed <laughs> at all. Not impressed at all. And so, um, but yeah, so that's, that was, that was good. We just caught up, uh, later found out that she cried to her grandmother, um, the hour before I picked her up cause she didn't want to go with me. Wow. Which in some way was probably the Holy Spirit telling her to stay away from me. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so kind of kind of fast forward through that we um uh we started we ended up starting uh, convinced her to, to start dating me again mm-hmm. um we dated for just about 10 months mm-hmm. and got engaged mm-hmm. um and Whitney my goodness so she was she was saving she was 10 years old and one thing even in high school and even whenever we got back together like you know although we had grown apart and grown up different things like that one thing that remained true even of Whitney um was was her faith was just so she was so grounded yeah um like that didn't change from high school to then and and even now but um so that was you know even going into a new you know into our relationship that was a very big thing for her and 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 I think maybe at the time I would say it's a big thing to me but it was the 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 religious aspect of it. It wasn't, you know, truly a relationship with Jesus. Um, and so, you were more impressed with her fortitude or discipline. Discipline, her stability. Um, yeah, she she brought a lot of that too. Okay, so 
let me ask you this. Did, was it ever, like, did it ever impress you that someone who was like really trying hard, right? Did you ever feel like at times I'm way more holy than Whitney? Did I felt more holy yeah. than Whitney? Like in, in certain moments, but you're looking at her and she's just running with so much more ease than you. I don't I don't know if I would say I mean unless it was Do you ever felt like you were competing with her? Uh probably because so where the competition part came in mm-hmm. is so we we asked her to marry me and I was still very much going to I was going to the church that I was a part of in a different denomination than what she was a part of. And we were still kind of doing our own thing on Sunday mornings. Sometimes I would come with her. Sometimes she would come with me, but still very different. And we honestly didn't really talk about that part of it. So so then, though, whenever we got engaged, uh, we got engaged in um, uh, October 31st of 2010. And then we were going to be married July of 2011. And so we tried to get into premarital count. sessions leading up to that yeah for months things uh, it just didn't line up we finally got into some sessions and that's when we really were confronted with um okay well you're in this denomination whitney you're in this denomination barrett and your all theology your beliefs and all these things don't line up like what are you what are you gonna do yeah with that and and literally our engagement was hell it was awful mm. because it just, we were just, it was the competing, well, I think I'm right, I think you're right. And, and looking back, like, it's just so silly, the fact that I thought for a second that I was right, um, or just, I don't know, it just, it just, you know, it, that's, it was just so hard of, um, it's not even right, just we couldn't see and agree on things. Um, so it was just a big, big challenge. And yeah. so we decided at the time that we would just, um, um, we would get married and then, um, we would try to work it out being two different denominations mm. and we would both attend both churches. And then somehow whenever we would had kids, we would figure it out. Yeah. I mean, just so naive, no clue. Right. Um, yeah. And so, but then this is what's also crazy is again, looking back, knowing that I was living in so much darkness, isolation, um, not a Christian, somehow, I mean, just, I guess, evidence of the Holy Spirit, even working in broken centers. Like, I had this realization, like, the week or two after we got married, somehow, that's not going to work. Yeah. So I decided I'm going to stop going to the church that I'm going to be a part of, and we're going to go all in and with Whitney's. I somehow, like, had the yeah. this thought, this idea that it's my responsibility. So okay. my decision is... I'm going to leave my the church that I'm a part of and we're we go to right. the same denomination, same church. I I know you don't want to say it, right? Uh-huh. But like you were leaving the Catholic church. Yes. And you were but and eventually y'all wound up in Nashville. Uh-huh. So let's fast forward to that. You're at Nashville, you get married. Get married. You're going to the Axis Church now. Yes, going right? to the Axis Church. Um so again, but still not a Christian. No. Um, but we looked on the outside like a great couple because we were both also, we're both very hospitable. Yeah. Um, I love people. Like I just yes, love being do. around people. I get my energy from people 
And so naturally when you're in a church and you have people that are very hospitable, someone that has a lot of energy and is excited, like they should be leaders. And I had say the right answers, but enough of the right answers to fool a lot of people. Obviously I'm not trying to fool people, but I didn't even realize that I was, you know, as, as, as lost as I was. Yeah. Naturally we were seen as leaders in the church um, so at Axis, we were part of an AC. The people leading the AC um, became missionaries uh, outside of Nashville. And so the the natural people to take over the AC uh, were Whitney and I. Right. So we started hosting um, the AC uh, at our home. And um, so, yeah, I mean, you, you came to that one time. Yeah. Um, we had a group of people that, you know, were meeting in our homes and... Yeah, I can't even tell you honestly what we even talked about at that AC. Like, looking back, um, seeing the difference in now and then, it just doesn't make sense. And I know, I do know, like, a lot of times I would, because I, I would sit in sermon. At that time at AC, we did a lot of sermon discussion. Yeah. And I would sit in sermons at the Axis and would find myself being frustrated with Jeremy that uh, he would just continue to preach you know, the gospel, just continually talking about the fact that Jesus said, lived a life we couldn't, you know, live, died the death we couldn't die, and then rose, you know, and beat death and all that stuff. Like, I got that, but he wasn't giving me how the life lessons that I needed. So I just, I would grow frustrated with that. I honestly remember having times of thinking like, okay, now the songs are over, the sermon's starting. What was that thing that I was trying to think through earlier this week? Like, at work and I would literally almost I remember specifically specific times checking out and yeah. thinking about work stuff mm. because I didn't want to listen to the same message that I had heard over and over right. and over again so whenever it came time for even leading the AC I wouldn't have sermon notes I wouldn't have anything really to discuss couldn't remember I wasn't going to go back and listen to the recording so I would default to Whitney so most of the times I was a spectator in the room and that wasn't an issue you know what I mean like just like it just it's crazy. Um, yeah. So we were in the process of adopting um, and um, at that time as well. So we'll just say at this time we're in 2000, uh, end of 2016, going into 2017. Yep. We were in the process of adopting. So we had decided uh, in 2017 that we, um, because we were going to be adopting, we had been matched with a child and... Um, that it just wasn't good for us to be leading at the time because our lives were about to, you know, just change very much. Yeah. And so we handed it off and we were no longer meeting at our, our house and leading the AC. And so, um, so it was August of 2017 and, um, I, with my last job, I traveled a whole lot and, um, I, it was a Thursday night, it was August 17th, 2017, and I had gotten home later from traveling, I couldn't attend AC that night, but Whitney had, Um, and so I went to bed before she got home, Mm -hmm. and um, I heard her come in, in, in the house, and she was, you know, downstairs doing something, and she came upstairs into our room, holding my laptop and um 
at that moment, like, even without her speaking, like, I knew something was bad about to happen. And she was holding my laptop. And what she had found was um, a text message history thread with me and a female co-worker mm-hmm. um, that pretty, you know, that was very evident that I had had an affair. And so, um, that night was just awful. Um, as you can imagine, um, I admitted to the affair, um, and our lives just exploded at that point. And Whitney left, um, and what's, it was just so terrible. It's, you know, just awful. And so she left that night and went to a friend's house. And I mean, just, you, just my world, every, our world, I don't even want to say my world, our worlds were destroyed yeah. because of what I had done. Um, and what's crazy is that night, I remember amidst like the screaming and yelling and physical destruction of our house, like Whitney, like screaming out to me, like, are you even a Christian? Yeah. And I said, yes. Um, I I just, yeah. And so, um, so kind of not just camping out and just that, how terrible that was and moving along. Like, I mean, I just didn't know what to do. Yeah. And so I was trying to call people like that night and just, it's just, it's, you know, and so the next day, so that was a Thursday night, the next day, like keep in mind, even though I was a leader, quote leader, you know, in, in access communities, I mean, we did tons of refugee relief. Yeah. I mean, we were so humanitarian. Well, I say humanitarian. Yes. That's what I was. Yes. Um, not, I was humanitarian doing good things. And, um, mm. like I had no, like what's great the thing I want to highlight is like that night when our world fell apart, I had no one to call. Yeah. I was leading an AC, but I had no one right. to call. Um, not because of any, anyone, anything anybody else had done. It was because I had not been vulnerable. I had not truly lived in community yeah. with people. And so, um, so that morning, the, so the Friday morning I called the person that I should have been running from. And this is, this is where like the Holy spirit just kicks it into high gear. Yeah. It, actually, honestly, that Thursday night when Whitney came in the room, it's, you know, the, it's almost like when she opened our bedroom door, the light of Christ was like behind her. Yeah. And as if he was like, enough is enough. You're it's over. You know, the darkness and sin that you have been living in is over. Um, sorry, even, but what's crazy, sorry, I had to like, is this just, it just shows the power of Christ and the Holy Spirit. So that was in August. I have vivid memories of being on a bike ride in July, just like a month before that. Just, I mean, cause you know, the affair had happened earlier that year. It was over. Um, even though I was still working for that company, the affair had ended, but the guilt and the shame was just, I mean, you know, 
the sin was eating me alive. Yeah. And I was on a bike ride and I remember praying, which this is the holy, like, this is grace that God would even put this in my mind yeah. to say, God, I, I don't know. I mean, I had re- been researching, do you tell your spouse about an affair? What's the best thing to do? Because well, right. this, this, I was just, it was becoming too much. My drinking was increasing because I was just trying to run from this sure. guilt. Just numb that guilt. Yes. Um, and I remember praying, God, like, I I don't know what to do. I can't tell my wife about the affair. So you know what? If this is what you want, if you want me to live with this forever, let me live with it. But if yeah. you want my wife to know about it, you're going to have to do it because mm-hmm. I can't. And Challenge accepted. <laughs> and I oh, felt like God was just like, okay, here yeah. we go. Um, yeah, just the grace of that because Whitney had just – you know, like a thought was planted in her mind. I think Barrett's had an affair. Hmm. Where did they come from? Right. You know, and so, oh. yeah. So anyway, so all of that leading up to that moment on, you know, that Thursday night, August 17th, when Whitney came in the bedroom, the light of Christ yeah. flooding and saying, it's over. This is going to be a mess, but I'm here and it's over. Um, of course, I didn't see it at the time, but. I called, so I called the person I should have been running from the most, and um, and that was Pastor Jeremy um, Rose. I called him that Friday morning, and just said, "Jeremy, I had an affair, I, and I don't know what to do." Right. And um, you know, he should have hung up the phone. Um, he should have said, "I can't believe you would do this. You're not welcome in our church anymore." He should have said all those things. Um, but he said, like, you have to come to my house tomorrow morning. Wow. And give me Whitney's phone number. And so I don't know what that conversation was when he called Whitney. Um, you know, I've, I've heard from it, and I'm sure you can at some point get that story. But I just know that, yeah. So, um, so the next day I go to Jeremy's house, and... You know, again, I I drove by his house, I passed his house because I didn't want to go there. Mm. Finally, convinced myself to pull pull into their driveway, and this is a Saturday morning, and I I get out of the car, and Jeremy comes up, it just hugs me. Mm. You know, and it's just, and just says, "I'm happy. I'm glad you're here." And yeah, it's just insane. Like just, just, just insane. And so, um, we sit on his back porch for, I have no idea how long. And I just confessed everything to him. Um, everything about the affair for the first time in 20 years, you know, I shared with someone that I had been struggling with pornography, you know, since I was 10, um, never had told anybody that, you know, because I was still, you know, I would say addicted to pornography throughout our marriage. Whitney never knew that. Yeah. You know, along with the drinking increasing, you know, that was increasing in the time of that guilt and just running and hiding and finally got to tell that to somebody and just, I mean, as much darkness as I could get out like I just knew like I couldn't have any of this in me anymore and Jeremy just 
I mean, just sat there and shared all of it and or heard all of it. And, yeah. you know, we spent the whole day together and like, of course, I don't remember all the things that Jeremy said, but one of the things I remember very vividly was I was asking, I was like, what, like, what do I do? Like, how do I get Whitney back? How do I like rebuild my life? What, what do I do now? And he was like, I, you know, I don't practically know what the steps are, but what you need to do right now is not focus on getting Whitney back, but what you need to do is focus on the cross. Wow. You need to focus on Jesus and Whitney needs to focus on Jesus and the cross and if at some point along that way of you all both focusing on the cross you bump in together like that's just what you need to to follow and trust man and yeah and so i didn't i you know even in that time i didn't know for sure what that meant i bet you were yeah i mean it's like thanks for someone who is like you thought maybe you were gonna finally get it to do yeah and jeremy's like the gospel (laughs) (laughs) you're just just like okay uh can you practically tell me what the list of those yeah you're like what and jeremy's literally like i practically don't know what the next steps are the gospel yeah (laughs) and you're just like oh yeah and so so how do you know i don't want to i'm not trying to rush this along no 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 no, you're fine but i just want to get to that moment it's like what changed? Yeah. Okay. So I'll. So what's insane is, so that was a that was a Saturday morning. That next Monday, I remember because it was the day of the eclipse. Nice. <laughs> I was with Jeremy, um, and Jill, and and Whitney had agreed to meet with me. That's uh, quick. Yes, I'm telling you, dude. She is an insane woman. Yeah. Um and. Um, so, sorry, I'm, I am kind of speeding this along, but this is a significant part. So, we meet at Jeremy and Jill's in their basement, and because we're just going to get to ground zero. Um, but what was crazy is Jeremy and Jill gave me a Bible, and they said, read Psalm 51. Okay. And I was like, great. I never understand the Psalms. This is going to be a very fruitful time. I probably I wasn't that cynical, honestly, at that moment. Jeremy and Jill could have said, you need to go and jump off a bridge. And that'll fix everything. And I'm like, okay, just whatever, <laughs> right. whatever they told me, yeah. I just did. Um, and luckily they didn't abuse that power. Um, they, so they just read Psalm 51 as we wait for Whitney to come over and do like I read Psalm 51, which I later learned is the Psalm that David wrote after his affair. Wow. Um, and for the first time in my life, like I understood um, the words that were on the page, like, mm. I, it was insane, like, I even remember sitting there in their basement being like, oh my gosh, like, I get this, like, shocked that I was reading it and getting it, and I didn't stay on Psalm 51, so it's like, wait, what, it was literally like, I had never read the Bible, yeah, and so I was just coming alive, yes, and so I started just reading the next Psalm, and the next Psalm, and like, it, it, it I don't know, it was like, it literally, it, yeah, I don't know how else to describe it, just that, like, the words were making sense. Um, and so, so Whitney got there, we, we started getting to ground zero, and just, for the first time, I got to divulge everything to her, share with her, you know, 
my uh, the the my use of pornography and stuff, mm. which she had never known, and you know, just as much again as I could get out, I did. And the thing that like was insane was like after sharing all of that stuff with Whitney as much as I could remember at that time. You know, the thing that Whitney said was like even after all of that, or I've I've always loved you. It, even after all of this, I still love you and I still want to be married to you. And that's just, um, I just remember thinking like at that moment, like that doesn't make sense. Right. Um, I know that I need to do everything I can to keep her in my life if that's true. Yeah. But what that happened in that moment was I think that was the very first time I'd ever felt unconditional love Mm. and I believe that was the Holy Spirit like using her to show me that love to soften my heart to then lead to the fact that I you know that next day I met Jeremy at the church she gave me a Bible and I just started reading it um, every single day and just journaling and reading and journaling and reading and journaling and reading um and I did that every day. Whitney and I started to try to like pick up the pieces of our life. And on September 11th of 2017, um, one of the things that Whitney said was that she didn't move in back in with me, but she said, you know, if, if I move home, like I want just visually, I want the house to look different. Like if we're not going to sell the house, like I just need a completely fresh start. Well, being a madman wanting to keep my wife, I came home and this kitchen was very different. I started just tearing down walls. I remember. <laughs> like at yeah. 3 a.m. that night um, with a sledgehammer. I was like, I'll do whatever I have to do. So I ripped up the kitchen floor. I, the reason why I say all this is our whole kitchen, living, everything was distru- It was a picture of our lives at yeah, that moment. Just, just totally chaos. Came yes. Yeah. So we had spent that day together, September 11th as you can imagine, still very much in the thick of the destruction, trying to sort through things. Whitney, I'm sure, could tell you, trying to even convince herself to stay married to me. Yeah. We were in in our destroyed kitchen, a broken mess, on the floor, Whitney crying, like, just inconsolably. I had no clue what what to do. You know, I had been faced, you know, that there's nothing I can do. And so I just had, like, Again, the Holy Spirit prompting, again, uh, seeing now, believing that, but just this thought, this feeling of, I should just go get that Bible I've been reading and just start reading Romans to Whitney. I don't know why, but I don't know what else to do, so I'm just going to start reading God's Word over her, and we'll see what, I don't know what that'll do, but we'll try that. And so I go get my Bible, sit down, and just start reading from the very first of Romans. And by the time I got, so there we were, sitting next to each other on our destroyed kitchen floor, Whitney, you Man. know, wailing in tears, and I'm reading loud enough so that she could hear me over her crying. Um, and by the time I got to Romans 5, when I read that, um, you know, that God loved us so much, that while we were still so far away, still living in darkness, still sinners, that God wanted to prove his love for us, and that he sent Jesus mm. to die for our sins. I just lost it. And yeah. again, it was like, even though I had sit under the gospel weekly, tired of it, it was like I had never, ever heard that before, ever. 
and in that moment like God truly revealed himself to me and I understood the gospel or at least the brokenness of of my condition and my need extreme need for a savior yeah and so I continued reading through Romans 5 and then Romans 6 of living as a new creation and I was just lo- that by the by that time the roles had been reversed and I was crying and wailing <laughs> and Whitney was looking at me like what is happening right, right. now to this man my husband and you know and of course I, I share with her like I've never heard this I've never I don't it, this is blowing my mind right now and so that was like you know obviously so much leading up but that was the moment that I point, can point to to say that's when God just ripped my old dead lifeless heart out threw it away and, and pumped me with a, a brand new heart oh, and, um, I mean and from that moment like everything has changed everything is is different still a sinner still still rebelling but God just completely changed my life um, and changed every motivation that I have. Um, just, again, Romans 6 of, of being completely a new creation. I mean, times yeah. were like, that was almost four years ago. <clears throat> times of Whitney, you know, being like, I don't even know who you are. Like, yeah. you are, I've married two different men because you're not the man that you once were. Um, you know, and, and I, I, you know, even just like, you know, I was using pornography a lot. Yeah. And, you know, since that day, that's the day that I can point to of August 17th, when everything came out, I haven't used pornography or anything like that since then. Wow. And it's not even like a, a fight. You know, it's it's just it's just so yeah. different, and that's not everybody's story. So I don't no, want to yeah. point that, but like that is a gift of grace in my life that just of evidence of the spirit. You know, yeah. Um, you know what? Evidence of the fact that now I have the desire to read His Word every single day. Like the only day that I can, and this isn't a list of things. I'm not saying this is this is a list I've done, but the only time I can remember over the past four years I've missed a day is one day when I I got real, I was really sick. But again, that's not that's not a checklist. That's a because my desire has totally changed. It's changed. Like I I know you can't get enough of. It. I need his word. I need his truth. I need, you know like it's just so different. Um, it was never back in the day when it was <clears throat> confession and prayers and reading and volunteering right it was just like okay i gotta do this so that i can actually do what i want to do yeah right? so it's like can, the chore list or like, so that i can look good even, yeah you know like that's that's completely different completely changed Man. living you know the verse that like i cling to is is first john 1 7 that if we walk in light as he is in light then we have fellowship with one another and the, and yeah. the blood of his son covers our sins. Like that is my life verse now. Like once I lived in darkness, once I lived in isolation, now I walk in light with yeah. with guys, like with people. Like when I'm in a conversation with you, if I'm in a conversation with a stranger, that you know, I, I'm thinking like, how do I get in light with this person as quickly as possible? Like right. what I, you know, what whatever that looks like. You know, I don't want to be in darkness. I don't want to be in hiding. Um, 
it's just so different. Like, and that's not a fabricated feeling or emotion. It's like evidence of a different heart within my body um, that I can't fabricate or create. Um, and it's just insane. It's just insane grace. Um, and, you know, like, and too, like, because it's, you know, the, also the point that I want to say, too, is that all of these things are changed. All of these things are different. But as Pastor Derek, like, reminds me and reminded me, you know, because it's still hard, like, just because I'm saved um, and we have a new marriage does not just erase right. 30 years of destruction and isolation. Right. Five well, years. Or, yeah, it's, it's just funny that, like, you got saved when you read Romans 5, right? And then you got encouraged by Romans 6, and then Romans 7 still exists, where it's like, I am constantly not doing the things I want to do. Yes, yeah. Even though I'm a new creation. Yeah. And, like, you're... Del- you have a radical story of being delivered overnight delivered. from pornography, yeah. right? And certain besetting, right? Mm-hmm. That's a you know Christianese term that we always use, like besetting sins. Yeah. There's still plenty of other sins that you're way more aware of now. Oh gosh, yeah. Right there, like you, there are probably times now that you're living towards holiness, and you recognizing God's holiness in comparison to your unholiness. You might even feel more like a sinner now than you ever did. Oh, for sure. <laughs> right? I, yeah, I thought again five, six years ago. I thought if I could just stop looking. Yeah, at if I could just stop looking at pornography, I'll I'd be, be perfect. Perfect. Oh, I literally man. having th- thought I'll be fine. Right now, I'm like, oh no, pride, selfishness, <laughs> just you know, just to, just off the top of my head, like right. Um, yeah. So yeah, completely. Well, different. Let, and let's get let's get to part three. Okay. Because um, we we've done. You know, Ephesians 2 of you were living this way, mm-hmm. but, God but God made yeah. you read Romans 5. Yeah. Well, and even before that, I want to say, like, your Ephesians 2 moment, I, and I didn't, I hadn't picked this up before, so I'm so glad I've heard it this time. Like, that bike ride in July mm. of you just being like, mm, I'm not going to do this. Mm-hmm. Like, it was grace. Oh, my gosh, yeah. That Whitney found that. Yeah. And it was grace that led to everything that happened. And you sitting in a physically destroyed kitchen, mm-hmm. right? You're, you couldn't be more broken, mm-hmm. right? And Whitney is completely broken. Mm-hmm. It's just, it might as well just be over, mm-hmm. right? It could have been right then. And somehow the Holy Spirit gave you a heart to desire to read Romans to your broken wife in mm. your broken kitchen because you weren't willing to do it yourself. Mm-hmm. God broke it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then he said, hey, by the way, here's Romans 5. Yeah. I'm going to fix it immediately. Yeah. <laughs> right? Now like you're a new creation now. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Yeah. That's wild. Mm-hmm. And what you what you deserved. Oh, man. Right, you didn't even deserve to be in a broken kitchen. No, like you deserve to be in the broken kitchen without Whitney there, right? Yeah, you know, and and kind of what you were saying earlier is like Jeremy hugging you. It's like there there's a lot of people who could have been like, "Wow, I made this dude a leader." It makes me look real bad. Oh yeah, that he's having an affair. 
well, I've got to distance myself from this guy, condemn him, mm-hmm. say, hey, guys, this is unacceptable. There's got to be tangible uh, consequences for this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it, it shows a lack of discernment on my part. Like, he could have even had reprimands. Yeah. You know, if he was at a different church yeah. um, and the people of the Axis church don't move from the gospel. Well, right? the other thing to, too is like, even if Jeremy had those thoughts, because I'm sure he was like, uh-oh, he's, he chose the gospel over his reputation, right? which is an insane grace. Yes. Still, you know, like it doesn't make sense. None of right. the, none of the story makes sense. Right. You know? Even even calling Jeremy, I should have my pride should have taken over yeah. and said, "Well, I deserve whatever sure. disgusting sins." You know, like this is not my fault. This is I'm right. a product. What I mean, like I should have just been even further blinded. Like that's all those things that should have happened. You should have been given over to a hardened heart. Oh gosh, yeah. You know, and then, it, you could have been Pharaoh, mm-hmm. right? Just like. You were stone, now you're metal, yeah. right? Like, and, but now, and me and you were talking about this on Group Me with the guys. Was it the guys or was it the whole AC? I don't remember. But either way, we were talking about how I, I was frustrated with a conversation I had where I was talking about the gospel and people oh, were like, guys, yeah, yeah, I just, we know Gavin. Mm-hmm. Let's just, you know, now Let's what? get to it. Yeah. It's like we don't we don't move from the gospel. It is mm-hmm. it's not the first step of the of the Christian ladder, right? Mm-hmm. This is a saying we say all the time and it's true. That's why we say it. Yeah. Um the gospel is not the first step of the ladder. It's the whole ladder. Oh, yeah. It's the gospel in that and and let's just be explicit with what the gospel is. It's that Barrett and Gavin uh are sons of Adam. We we are born into rebellion mm-hmm. and we choose it. We have free wills that are in bondage to sin. Yeah. We love sin. We love active rebellion and we love trying to make ourselves better than it mm-hmm. to earn favor or reputation or merit, mm-hmm. right? And so both you and I, uh, you being in the Catholic Church me being in the non-denominational, evangelical, you know, technically Baptist, theologically, mm-hmm. uh, camp of we have different, you know, means of trying to merit, right? And God saw all that and said, filthy rags. Mm, yeah. You took a perfectly nice cloth and you soiled it, right? That's what your good deeds are to me without Christ. And so that's what we merited, right? It's just a gross look. Yeah. But God's love for us said, okay, y'all can't do it on your own. I'm going to send Christ. He's going to live the perfect life that you can't live, die the death that you deserve, but you couldn't die mm. and deliver you from your sins And not just deliver you from your sins, but take you out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. That's the gospel. Yeah. Right? And in our carnality, before we're regenerate, before we're Christians, 
we hear that and we're like, yeah, yeah, I get that. Okay, so what's next? What do I do? Mm-hmm. And you and I were talking how the second half of every epistle is nothing but things to do, mm-hmm. really, right? We talked uh, earlier about Philippians has a verse in there that says, do nothing out of selfish ambition. Mm-hmm. Like, that's way harder than the Ten Commandments. <laughs> like, that is, that, if that is the goal, yeah. we all fail. Yeah. Right? And so what we do to that verse before we're Christians, it was, we say, well, no, we can't do that. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on. Yeah. That's ridiculous. That's way too, that's perfectionism. Or, okay? or... Oh, well, I'm not selfish, so I'm okay there. Ah. Like, I don't, I think that's also scary is, well, I don't do this out of selfishness. I'm doing it for this person. Right. We can't even see, we're blind Which to our own selfishness. Which is a selfish statement because we're trying to make ourselves better yes, so. instead of actually doing it for the person. Yeah. Right? So it's, yeah, it's, it's there in many different forms. Wild. Right? But it's the gospel that makes it possible right Mm -hmm. it's the gospel us being justified by the finished work of jesus christ and us being sanctified by the holy spirit sent to us by christ himself who's interceding lives to intercede for me and you Mm -hmm. and we get to pursue doing nothing out of selfish ambition Mm -hmm. right because of the gospel we're not doing nothing out of selfish ambition, right? Thing A, to be good enough for the gospel. It's the gospel that gives us the ability to pursue those things, mm-hmm. right? The, every single one of the epistles in all four gospels are overwhelmingly do this, mm-hmm. right? But they're all do this because, mm-hmm. not do this so that right do this because god loves you mm-hmm. not do this so that yeah. god will love you yeah that's insane is that am i wrong no yeah, <laughs> i mean is that real yeah well and what's crazy too is um you know so now like just taking that verse <coughs> of selfishness just because i'm a christian now doesn't mean that verse is easier, you know, right. or it doesn't mean that now I have executed that. It's that I'm so much more aware. And even when I say that statement, there's probably so much more awareness that I have yet to learn because I don't sure. even have children yet, <laughs> you know, like of, of how much I do in my selfishness and even in loving my wife now and, and wanting to do, you know, everything i can to i want to make her life as easy as possible like i just right. i have so much desire to love and care for her and it it's you know it 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 hurts my it hurts me whenever it when i stop and realize oh man i just did even though i do truly want to love her well that thing i just did have has, still has hints of my own selfish ambition in that even if it's if if even if it's I'm believing the lie that if I love and serve her well, 
I don't know. It just is that, it's, you know, so it's like, yeah. I, but so I'm not I'm not now void of that sin or anything like that. I'm just hyper aware of it, and I don't say, well, I have to be selfish. It's like, no, I don't I don't want that anymore. Right. So I'm given now still that same list of things to do to you know to help me live a holy life, but what they do is, I I, I see still how far short I fall. <laughs> But I lean on Christ in his perfect yes. righteousness, and it creates I look at it and say, "Wow, I still need so four years after being three or four years after being saved, I still need Jesus I'm like, still on that gospel I'm ladder. still there yeah, you know like I haven't over three or four years achieved certain levels of salvation and holiness that now I've higher up on the ladder. It's like no, like that same word I heard. In Romans five, that you know, while I was still far off, like it still applies in the sense that I'm still just a wretched sinner, yeah, and I still need the gospel. I still need to be reminded that Jesus died for the sins I'm committing today. Like, right. and you know, you would think that I've really shaped up and I'm a perfect husband now. Like today's Friday, Wednesday. You know, I was insensitive to Whitney on something and said something, and it killed me. Like, yeah. don't you think by now I would have gotten it together? Like, no, like, I'm still fumbling. Yeah. I'm still falling. Right. And why Whitney hasn't left me yet, I have no clue. <laughs> Grace. Grace, you know, and so, but that's, but that's why I, I need the gospel today just as much. I don't, I don't know more. I don't know theologically how that works. It feels like more today than I did then. You're definitely more aware of more aware the of my sin need. Yes. and need for a Savior. Yes. And, and what's crazy to think is that that's today, a year from now. Right. I'll prob- I hope to God that as I continue to read his word every day, living in community, living in light, that I will be even more aware of my yeah. need, not for the next level, not for the next step, but my need for... Right. Jesus's perfect life, his death on my behalf, and beating death, and his like that's what I need. Yeah. Not just the list, not just the things, not but I just I need that to, well, I, to live. And I love what you said about like leaning on Christ's righteousness. Like when Paul tells us to do nothing out of selfish ambition, he doesn't tell us to like, all right, now cut out certain things in your life to make you less ambitious, right? Mm-hmm. Delete Instagram so that, you know, you will not try and compare yourself to other people around you. Well, guess what? Every time I stop at a red light, I'm comparing myself to everyone around me, mm-hmm. right? Like that's just, that's nature. Now, I'm not saying if you've deleted Instagram, you're, you're doing it wrong, right? Like we, even me and you, we have tangible ways where we can help ourselves fight the drift, oh, yeah. right? But the way that Paul tells us to fight the drift and the way that Jeremy tells us to fight the drift is saying, do nothing out of selfish ambition. Just like Christ didn't count equality with God mm-hmm. as something to be grasped or maintained, right? He was in perfect intimacy mm. with the Father and left it to bring us into intimacy with the Father. Mm. Why? Because love, right? Now, do nothing out of selfish ambition like that. (laughs) Right? That's way better than... Look, Barrett, do nothing out of selfish ambition, okay? So that's why you need to sell your car Mm -hmm. and drive 
a car that's not as nice mm. or live in a certain neighborhood or you know volunteer at the soup kitchen or stop watching netflix and do this mm-hmm. right man do nothing out of selfish ambition because christ had zero ambition to be better than anybody else. he was already there mm-hmm. he had made it mm-hmm. right he would, he could run as many victory laps he could thumb his nose at us like all he wanted to but instead humbled himself taking taking on the form of a servant and died a sinner's death that's wild doesn't make sense <laughs> and that's all of our stories yeah Yes. Well, that's, and that's what I think is, um, sometimes cause you know, I don't know if it's, we as people like the drama or whatever, but you know, even my story of the insane radical visual transformation yeah. is like, wow, that's wow. That's that yeah, right. is the gospel. Yeah. Yes. It's the gospel. Whitney was saved at 10 years old, right. you know, in her Sunday school class. As a 10-year-old, she was able to grasp yeah. the magnitude of the gospel. Like, that's just as insane. It's wild. It's insane. I pray to God that, like, our kids have that story. Oh, I yeah. Want so much. Oh, my gosh. I don't want our kids to do live the life that I lived. And, you know, I pray, you know, we're in the process of adopting a sibling group now. And I'm, I'm praying for them that God would save them now even before we know them, you know, and yeah. um, that he would just take hold of their hearts. And uh, like, that's, 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 a, that's beautiful grace right, right there. Um, and again, it's, an, it's still just as insane that as a 30 year old, like, you know, had to grasp this hard concept of uh, someone loving me enough to die for me and all that stuff. But that Whitney as a 10 year old, could grasp something that me as a 29 year old could yeah. it doesn't it's still just as insane it's wild it just is be- better that it doesn't have all the terrible sin and right <clears throat> destructiveness of it and stuff and so yeah. praise god for that i mean and we i talked about that with uh the fosters in their episode yeah. it's just like you know and i even alluded to y'all's where it was like you know everybody kind of likes it's almost sexy right Mm -hmm. like you know Whitney can play Jesus here and and just she can be like man I'm like I love Barrett unconditionally in spite of his sin and like there's almost something attractive to that Mm -hmm. where it's like it's a better story we Mm -hmm. like that more and the fosters are like these two people who had an affair and then the original marriage was destroyed and then you know, somehow through God's grace, they start both pursuing the cross, like mm-hmm. Jeremy told y'all, and then they <clears throat> bumped into one another again, right? Yeah. Like, and then God used that to produce something, mm-hmm. right? Um, and what what we're saying right now, what I said back then is like, God, please don't let any of that ever happen to Asher. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, just if if he's going to wander from the fold for for a minute let it let it be just one tiny little step off the path please please i don't 
want him to tarry and sin for a second. Mm-hmm. If there, if it was possible that Asher could be regenerate in the womb, mm-hmm. I would want that. It, if that was pot, like we want that for our kids, why wouldn't you want that for your kids, mm-hmm. right? But in in some mysterious way, in God's glory, and Romans is all about this, right? Mm-hmm. Like our our sin, and when He delivers it, delivers us from it, brings Him more glory. Well, okay, so should we just mean you just keep on sinning since he's going to keep delivering us? Absolutely. I mean, it's well, yeah, but bear it. It's going to make him more yeah. glorious by us sinning and he'll deliver us. So you might as well just do what you want, mm. right? The difference is he gets more glory when he changes what you want. Mm-hmm. That is wild. Yeah. Yeah. Can I make one charge to Please. the listeners? If you – it's important, like one of the things – that Whitney and I um, want to also make clear is like, obviously this story is hard. Obviously it's terrible. Um, but we, the sad thing is that we're not, we, we're not the only ones that were living inside the, the walls mm. of a church in darkness. Um, and so I, I really, we, you know, she's not here, but I know her heart. Like also want people that are hopefully listening to this podcast, this episode, that if something is, if you're living in darkness, if you're living in, a, you know, living estranged from community, like, let this serve as God's, like, the Holy Spirit convicting you to, to yeah. reach out, to walk in light, to flee the darkness, like, and that, and if you know that you're living in darkness within your marriage, within your life, but you're scared to say something, like, please, God, like, let this, if anything, say, okay, this is a safe place to say, I'm a broken, destroyed sinner, and I need help. I can't do it anymore. Like, yeah. reach out to me, reach out to Whitney, like, reach out to Gavin, reach out to Jared. Like, please, please, yeah. please don't think, well, if we if we let this out, we'll be kicked well, out. Well, and this will look bad. Like, please. Don't. And there's so – it doesn't have to be an affair, right? Yeah, like you know, you know I, I struggle with like smoking cigars when my wife doesn't want me to, right? Uh, we, we smoke like once a month with the guys in the AC, right? And that's fun. And it's – you and I – you keep my tobacco products here, mm-hmm. right? Where it's like, well, it's not that big of a deal, right? Mm-hmm. Cigars are not as deadly as cigarettes, right? Or whatever, like, I can justify it really mm-hmm. easily, right? And But we live in the light together mm-hmm. through those things. Well, and, and that too, because again, for people not, they're like, oh, well, so smoking is not the gospel. The point also is like, I'm yeah. trying to help you walk in light with right. your wife. Like, right. there's You're more, helping me. there's sin beneath like smoking a cigar. It's... I, I just want to keep you in light. Right. You know, we want to keep each other in, right. in light. Right. It's not even about the cigar. Right. It's right. like, right. don't run around in yes. the darkness. Yes, yeah. Right? Like, mm-hmm. if you're struggling and you really have a craving, right, and, and you know, I'll, I'll take a nicotine pouch just so I don't go to the cigar shop and buy a flipping cigar. In darkness, oh, yeah. Is, is, that, is that, like, you know... I guess you could say, well, that's only going to make it harder because it's an addictive chemical. All right. You know, I didn't realize chemists were listening to this podcast. Well, but Dan Blackwell. Might yeah, be Dan Blackwell will let me know. Um, but, you know, like we're we're warding off 
these like we're fighting it together like gavin don't do it man Mm -hmm. like it's i know that it's not even about that it's like there's a temptation to Mm -hmm. just be in darkness to be in control of your life it's not about the scar yeah right it's about like bad spending habits Mm -hmm. like i i don't need to tell you about you know i i blew 30 bucks on this thing right and i and i do it again and again and Mm -hmm. again right and it's like that you're living in darkness yeah right you know it's it's unnatural you're doing these spending habits to make yourself feel better right you're you're trying to ward off the the hurt and Mm. brokenness of the world and you're trying to numb yourself towards a small little dopamine hit Mm -hmm. right you know and it's just you're putting your hope in tangibly in that moment. Like, I, it'll just make me feel better for mm. just a minute. Let me just get a breath of fresh air from the brokenness of this world. Mm-hmm. Right? And as Christians, we're saying, you don't get just a breath of fresh mm. air, homie. <laughs> get a brand new you, you get everything mm-hmm. with Christ. Mm-hmm. You don't get just one fleeting moment mm. of eat, drink, and be merry and get drunk because tomorrow we die. That's the philosophy of the world. Mm-hmm. That's what the world is selling us. What we're saying is, this sucks. <laughs> so stop trying to numb it and accept the fact that it's going to suck until it ain't going to suck no more. <laughs> right? Jesus came to fix it. Yeah. We don't have to run from it. We can sit in it. We even talked about that earlier about sitting in your brokenness. Yeah. You know, Ecclesi- I think it's Ecclesiastes, like a sad face makes the heart glad. Mm-hmm. Why? We, because we're not pretending. Yeah. Right? Like it sucks. It's hard. It's, it's hard. Mm-hmm. Right? I want to do this. I want to do that just to like get my mind off of it. Mm-hmm. Right? And And we all struggle in that way, but... What we need is for one another to say, dude, I know. Mm. And here's an even better thing. Jesus knows. Yeah. We have a great high priest who empathizes with us, right? Who lives to intercede with us and gets it, right? Because if it was just Philippians 2 and God created some other path of redemption where he just said, ah, I'll just forgive it all. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't need to be a just God, mm. right? I'll just be a really, really merciful God. Right? But God's just and merciful. Yeah. Right? And and Christ says, I I not only do I get it, but I'm I'm interceding for you yeah. right now. And when you mess up, I'm gonna advocate for you. Mm-hmm. Right? He's not he's not bored. Yeah. He's super busy. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the busiest guy in heaven right now. Yeah. Yeah. And that is glorious, okay? I think now you may you may know me better. You may know Barrett better. <laughs> Here's the thing. What do we do? Like, there's no practical steps to even if you're living. It's just the gospel again. The very it's, thing that it's all it is. I'm so bored by. Now we're back. So bored by it. Ugh. And what so a sin it is that we're bored by that. Like yeah. a, a million years from now, in heaven, we will just now be approaching the foothills. That is the glorious mountain of God's amazing grace towards us. Mm. We're so not going to be bored by the gospel, man. Mm-hmm. Mm. 
Praise God. Yeah. I hope this podcast, this episode, showed you more of Christ mm, yeah. through Barrett. And it's crazy that he uses us, broken vessels, mm-hmm. to show himself more. Yeah. So, people at the Axis Church, please reach out to me. I want to get to know you. I, I want to know how Christ has radically changed you. Mm-hmm. I want to know how you got thrown overboard and a big fish swallowed you up. Like, please tell me. Um, and share it with everybody else because we're all more edified. Like, I've said this before in a joking way, but this really is the most popular podcast in heaven, right? Billions of people were excited and losing it when Barrett read Romans 5. Mm. Okay, that's a reality. Angels longed to look into that, that moment. Mm. They were like, man, how's God going to do this? How's he going to redeem these people? They're so messed up. Mm. And God's like, well, you just watch because I'm going to do it for them. (laughs) Do it for you. (laughs) Right? Man, that's the gospel. Yeah. Amen? Amen. Love you guys. Love you. Praying praying for the Axis Church. Continue to fight the drift. Yeah. Um, and, and I hope that we can have more and more cataloged people just declaring the truth of the gospel and what God has done for them. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Amen. Amen.